Hey everyone, it's Michelle here on Bloomsbury Radio and I will be speaking with a very special guest ahead of his performance for the upcoming Bloomsbury Festival. Knowing firsthand how difficult it is studying in the middle of a pandemic, I congratulate him on the completion of his Masters in Music Performance earlier this year. He is the recipient of quite a few scholarships and already has a list of awards under his belt. For Bloomsbury Festival, here on Bloomsbury Radio, we have Robert Finnegan. Thanks very much. That's a great introduction. <laughs> oh. Very, very nice of you. Thanks very much. No worries. No worries. And um, when I was like writing it out, uh, as I wrote your name, I could just like imagine clapping and like cheering. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for being here today, Robert. Um, Thanks for having me. No worries. No worries. How are you doing today? Absolutely, Grace. Yeah, it's nice to nice to meet you and see. Yeah. I have my voice is a bit off. Sorry about that. It's not ideal for radio <laughs> interviews. But... You are fine. Why do you think it's off? Uh, I, from teaching last week, I I, I don't shout at my te- uh, my students. I promise, but I was talking a lot and lost my voice slightly. But it's still it's getting better and better. So. That's fair. No, my voice isn't the best either. Um, last week I went swimming and I contracted cystitis, which is fun. Oh no, <laughs> it's oh, fine. No. I just need to learn to like blow bubbles out of my nose instead of from my mouth. Mm-hmm. So I was like inhaling yeah. all of the water, which wasn't great. Um, but it's it's better. I'm I'm gonna move on from that now. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know that obviously whilst you were studying, you were teaching as well, and you like did loads of workshops and things. But I wanted to know how your days kind of like differ now that you finished your studies. Yeah, so um, it's actually a very good question because I've just moved into a house full of musicians um, and uh, the, the person that I, I'm, the, the harpist that I'm playing with in, in the Bloomsbury um, Festival, the concert we're doing, we moved in uh, to the same house with two other friends of ours. And uh, we've been talking about this quite a lot, um, how the difference of um, from college, because it's so easy to... Um, be kept busy with college and you have to you have a lesson with your teacher every week and you need to be prepared for that every week and if you're not you you get told off um but now it's, it's very different it's all about your own um keeping yourself motivated um setting yourself goals and actually making sure you do stuff because it's very easy if you don't have something on for a day that you can just kind of say, oh, I'll just not do anything or I'll spend time on the computer or call friends at home or something. Um, but yeah, it's keeping yourself um, motivated uh, without these other schedules and making your own schedules is the big difference. Nice. Um, so the other housemates that you've moved in with, obviously you play the saxophone and um, we'll get into what other instruments we'll play later. Uh, <laughs> the person that you're performing with plays the harp. What do what other instruments do the other people play? Does that make sense? Uh, so we, we have a pianist um, who moved over from Dublin. He actually we, we used to play together in Dublin, actually, in, in undergrad. And now he's moved over to do his master's in, in Guildhall. And then uh, the other um, guy is a, is a conductor, actually. He does, um, he does a lot of conducting for opera and ballet. <clears throat> so he, it's great. We get a, um, he brings over some singers sometimes to work with and he plays the piano. So it's a, it's a very musical house. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> every, every time you wake up, you hear a different piece. 
I love that. Um, I don't know how active you are on social media and things, but there's, um, I don't know if he has a TikTok account, but I see it on Instagram Reels quite often. It's a guy um, who plays, oh my God, I want to say it's a flute. I could be very wrong. Um, but he's got a downstairs neighbor who's also a musician. So he'll like film oh, himself. Yes playing like the first yeah. part of the song and then the name plays the second part and I'm like this is so cool <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's brilliant actually yeah yeah he is <laughs> is it the flute that he plays or did I just mess that up completely it's it's very very close it's an oboe which isn't a, uh... a very common instrument but yeah it's it's very very close actually <laughs> so nice. don't worry about that <laughs> yeah I know I'm like I'm so awful I I once called the trumpet the saxophone and I was like oh no what have I done this is not the right instrument <laughs> I get that a lot, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> they sound different though, but you know, it is what it is, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you weren't a musician, what do you think that you would have been doing instead? So this is quite a funny question. Um, because when I was doing my leave insert in in Ireland, um, well, the so uh, GCSEs or A levels, mm-hmm. basically the leaving exams. Um, my two options were studying music and saxophone performance or physics in Trinity College. Um, so it's slight, slightly different. Uh, I was always a huge fan of maths um, at home. And it was kind of uh, only really, really late into my final year that I actually decided I wanted to do music after I met my, um, my teacher in Dublin, my um, former teacher. So it kind of switched very quickly from being super into maths and physics and science into obsessed with the saxophone. So <laughs> it was um, it was a big shift. And now I can't do any uh, maths at all. I'm really, really bad. I always need a calculator for anything. So. <laughs> it's been a long time since I was into maths. I can imagine, yeah, because you're so far removed from, I guess, yeah, that realm. <laughs> It's really interesting that you say maths, though, because um, I have a friend of mine who studied music at university as well. Um, And before that, she was like well into like chemistry and maths and stuff until she did A-levels in both those topics and was like, I don't think I can do this anymore. Oh, wow. (laughs) Because there's a huge jump between GCSE and A-level that um, school doesn't really prepare you for. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you need to be out there and, and doing things and yeah. A hundred percent. One hundred percent. Um, okay. So I mean you've been playing you've been interested in music since quite a young age, right? Mm-hmm. Um so what was the first instrument that you learned to play? Uh so I actually I started in my local concert band in RD, which which is kind of a a middle of nowhere kind of town in Ireland. <laughs> Um, in between Dublin and Belfast mm-hmm. and um, we all started so we joined at the age of eight I want to say and we all start on recorder which is a lovely instrument uh, <laughs> I don't know if anyone can hear it the sarcasm in my voice it's lovely when it's played when it's played well but not when it's played by 38 year olds at all at the same time yeah um, so that was my first instrument that I learned and um, we learned that for a year and then um, at the end of the year, you're kind of brought into a room full of instruments and people show you all of the instruments that you can play in the band. And um, I remember I was going to play, I couldn't play the flute at all because I, I um, just 
couldn't do it. Uh, trumpet, same. Couldn't really play it. Uh, clarinet, I could get a sound out of it, so that was what I was going to play. And there was no saxophone, actually. And um, my dad had been a saxophone player um, in, the, in the same band, in the, in the concert band, uh, when he was around my age, so uh, around 24, before he started working. And he came down to collect me, and I was like, oh, I'd like to show us the saxophone. And he said, oh, I know where there's a saxophone. We'll, get, we'll go and get it, and you can have a go on it. And uh, myself and my friends, who still play saxophone in the band as well, we both just played this and loved it. And, and that's kind of, it's a very, very um, chance happening, really. Um, if, if I hadn't played it that day, I probably would have been on, on a, a different instrument. So... It's so crazy how like the smallest thing can happen and then it just changes like the whole course of life. Like Absolutely, yeah. if your dad hadn't played, he wouldn't have known where that saxophone was to show you. That's insane. Yeah, exactly. So that was my, <laughs> my introduction to the saxophone. It's very, very lucky. I seem to have a lot of kind of lucky um, things that happened to me throughout my career. That oh, kind really? of drive me to, yeah. Um, like even the idea of moving away from physics studying physics yeah I really didn't want to study music I really really did because there was no money in it which yeah sometimes <laughs> sometimes there isn't any money in sometimes there is um but as as a teenager I, that's all I could think about and um but then I went up my my mom actually kind of forced me to go up to a, an open day in in DIT conservatoire which is now uh, TU Dublin conservatoire in Dublin and um yeah, I really didn't want to go. My mom was just like, just go, just come up. Like, we'll just see what happens. And I got to see uh, a saxophone lesson being given and immediately was just like, yeah, that, I really want to do this. Like, this man knows what he's talking about. He's the guy playing in the lesson was amazing. Like, it was, I, I don't know, like, the chances of them hearing this. But, um, it, <laughs> you never know. It was, it, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, it, it was Kevin Hannafin, who's still a very, very close friend of mine. He was my, um, well, I say friend, he's my colleague. He was my teacher. So I, I can't, he's definitely, uh, he's definitely, a, like any time I go back to Ireland, I try and meet up with him. Uh, he's really, really, uh, really, really good guy. Um, and he did a lot for me to get to, to where I am now. So I was just, again, it was just a lucky thing of, I met him and if I didn't meet him, if I didn't go up, if my mom said, oh yeah, that's fine. You don't need to come up. Um, I wouldn't be playing the saxophone professionally. Like I'd be probably be sitting studying maths or physics. <laughs> <laughs> so it's very, very, it's just chance things that happen. Yeah, I know. We wouldn't be sitting here today because Bloom Show Festival doesn't really have a lot of famous physicians and maths coming to talk to you. Though. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> And that's the, even Bloomsbury is a chance as well. It's meeting um, JP uh, in in my old um, my old hall of halls of residence in Goodenough College. Um, meeting him, like uh, working with Tara, I met her in uh, I knew her in undergrad in Dublin as well. But we start we only started playing together in in Goodenough. So it's all these chance things that happen um, that lead to. To where we are now <laughs> I love that I feel like it's really nice as well because um like you said earlier like there's not a lot of money in music for a lot of people so they have the whole like struggling artist trope 
you know <laughs> um <Yeah. laughs> and a lot of their parents would be like well why are you doing this why don't you go and get qualified in something else in something that's a little bit more stable whereas mm. for you both of your parents really pushed you to pursue music which is amazing yeah. no absolutely and they're they're they've they're still fantastic like they are always my my number one fans <laughs> I always joke that my dad is my PR, my PR agent, uh, <laughs> because he's always telling always telling everyone what I'm doing uh, even even if they don't ask he yep, just tell yeah, them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they've always been fantastic supports through through everything like my um they knew that that's what I wanted to do and they still know that's what I want to do and they've put a lot of effort and time and They've listened to me a lot <laughs> playing horrible things um and getting better and sounding terrible but getting better yeah so yeah it's uh, i've had a lot of support from them that's so lovely that's so so lovely um obviously you said that the recorder was the first first thing that you learned how to play <laughs> um why is it that you joined that band in the first place was it because of your parents again did you see something and was like oh i think i want to do this now or how did that come about um so we had the connection yeah so we had the connection obviously with my dad uh it's a very very small town so it's about five thousand people in the town okay and um uh as of the latest numbers i'm sure it's probably (laughs) higher um but i was kind of signed up for everything i was doing football i was doing gaelic football which is the irish um our irish sport uh, I was doing karate, jiu-jitsu. I, I was signed up for everything because, again, my my mom just wanted to see. My mom and dad just wanted to see, like, what, like, does he like any of these things? Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, it was um, it was one of the events or one of the activities that you did um, in the town, like for such a small um, <clears throat> for such a small town. The RD RD concert band, like we've done really really great things and it is a great organization i think there's oh i'm going to absolutely murder these numbers but there's definitely (laughs) around 200 kids it's 100 180 kids under the age of 18 or something ridiculous and for a small town like that just getting that moment of interest is amazing yeah um but so it, it was just one of the things that i signed up to um and my friends were in it um yeah it was every every um few nights a week um yeah it was just kind of a chance thing that it was it developed into what it's developed into <laughs> i still go back to the band I, um, and i keep in contact every time i have a concert or if i have um <clears throat> something happening i always get great support from all the people at, at home and if i can obviously the last few times i've been home they, ha- they haven't had rehearsals because of um because COVID wasn't allowing them to have rehearsals. But hopefully next time I go home, I can actually keep um, go back and see them. It would yes. be really, really nice. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, I know that you're based in London. So did you see the lockdown in London or did you manage to go back home? So I actually stayed here uh, in, in London. And um, it, was, it was just an important time for me to kind of really figure out what um because it was i, I was at, i lived at home when i was studying uh in for undergrad for my four years in undergrad and then yeah it was kind of to find sounds very um 
deep is to find <laughs> myself um but kind of to have a bit of freedom and see um see what I like to doing and and kind of I also did a lot of practice and it was a really really good time to be productive and plan different things um I did a lot of admin which is is very um, important in music but um but I got to do other things I started I got into cooking I started running and on last Sunday I did the virtual London marathon now, oh, was um, it virtual? Okay, I was wondering. I yeah, was wondering. so it, there, there was a, there was a, um, the, the real one was going ahead, but mm. we didn't get a place for the real one, so we just did our own route. Um, yeah, and we raised money for a, a mental health uh, research centre, which is a very, very important um, charity. And um, yeah, so it was, like the, the lockdown was a really important thing for me, and I got to see London. <clears throat> which you get to see a lot of uh, when you're running when you're, when you run distance um so yeah it's an important it was definitely an important time i got to spend like i had some friends that stayed as well so i wasn't i wasn't too lonely i didn't miss home obviously but... of course <laughs> of course but you got to go recently and you're hoping to go again soon i imagine <laughs> yeah I, I, there's more concerts happening there soon so i can actually <laughs> go home and play concerts which is nice. really nice and it's kind of the benefit of both worlds you get to play concerts and see friends and family so I know right <laughs> that sounds so lush <laughs> <laughs> obviously there's a lot of hard work that goes into it I suppose Absolutely, you're still technically yeah. working but you know <laughs> nice um I guess speaking of traveling for concerts um I know that you've played here in London, you've played in Ireland and then other places in Europe. Um, so I wanted to ask you what your favorite either country or venue to play was. Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> um, of course, I have to say I love playing in Ireland um, because if, if, if I don't, I'll be haunted down. Um, but, um, I think the most special one one of the most special ones was definitely I got a chance to play in Croatia um, at the World Saxophone Congress in 2018. And it was the first time, I think the Congress was just an important thing for me because in Ireland, there's not a huge amount of classical saxophone. Like there's some fantastic players um, and quartets and, and groups, but the classical saxophone scene is, is more in, in Europe and at this sax congress everyone came together people from all over the world and i got to see a huge amount of um really amazing concerts but um that concert that i performed as well was really important because i got to play music by irish composers um i had just commissioned a piece by ian wilson that i'm actually going to be playing uh, at the concerts with bloomsbury festival um and that was about um Newgrange Monument, which is a, a monument. It's it's older than Stonehenge and the and the pyramids, and it's literally about ten minutes from my house, at home. Uh, so that was very important. Very um, these these themes are very important to me and and places. Um, but I also got to work on a piece by John Buckley, who's another one of the composers that I commissioned for um, this new series of the Modern View of Ancient Ireland. But so that's kind of where our um, 
our relationship started between the two of us. So there's a lot of really um, great, great memories about playing in Croatia. Um, yeah, it, it was it was very cool. And also it was when the World Cup was on. So when, <laughs> when they got to the final, Croatia got to the final. So it was a bit crazy. Oh my God, I can imagine. A lot, a lot of fun. <laughs> Just manic of, um, people chanting in the streets, I can imagine. Absolutely. I, I have one, I don't know if you can put this on the radio, but <laughs> I have one undying memory. I'm sure you can. Um, Barry and Cal will um, cut it out if not. But I have one undying memory after, unfortunately, they did beat England when I was in, um, when I was in, in Zagreb, in the capital. And that was to get into the final, I think. Mm-hmm. and I just remember one guy on the on the bonnet of a car as it was being driven around like just holding on for dear life but screaming his head off because he was so happy like holding a, a Croatian flag as well it was just all of these memories kind of tie into the pieces that I played and um and the place and I can remember it very clearly because of all these different crazy memories so uh, it's a good, good that's probably the one the most memorable thing I've ever done that's cool I, I mean it has to be crazy for it to stick out otherwise you're just not gonna forget it but it's not gonna be as memorable do you know what I mean yeah absolutely <laughs> that's insane um okay so you've spoken a little bit about how you've kind of formed your pieces together um Obviously, you're from Ireland, so it makes sense <laughs> that your piece will be based on Ireland. Um, mm-hmm. So you're going to be using like old traditional folk music and then you're merging it with more of a modern twist. Is that correct? Yeah. So um, I, so this time around last year, mm-hmm. I was I was given funding by the Arts, Irish Arts Council to commission three new works by uh, three Irish composers. So it was John Buckley, uh, Christopher Moriarty and Fanola Merivelle and these were based on uh, the theme of a modern view of ancient Ireland which is also the the, uh, title of of our recital Um, and my idea behind it was to commission these pieces um, for Saxon electronics so that's our modern um, interpretation of it but all of the themes of the pieces are based on so folklore uh, the general history of Ireland, uh, the landscape, the culture, all of these things are really, really important to, to me, um, but also to a lot of Irish people. Mm-hmm. And it's something that stands out about Ireland. We have a very distinct um, culture and landscape um, and, and history. So it's, um, that was a really important thing for, to do. So I'm going to play two of those pieces, but um Something I also really like doing is um, is playing with so with Tara, we do a lot of just standard traditional works. Um, so we work with um, composers and we also arrange our own um, things, and so genuine folks tunes that completely contrast these contemporary works that we're doing that I'm doing uh, with electronics. So it's, it's a real kind of, um, you get to see the, this modern view still based on old um, cultural and, and uh, historical things, 
about Ireland and mixed with literal old folk tunes. Like some of these uh, folk tunes are from uh, kind of the 1600s and earlier, um, like really, really ancient music. And they're, they're beautiful. They, they work really, really well. And the saxophone and harp isn't the common, um, Joe. Nope. <laughs> no, um, there are some, there are some, um, but like these folk tunes work really, really well. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to this concert actually, because it's, um, it's a kind of a huge range of things from beautiful folk tunes, traditional folk tunes to brand new contemporary works that are very, um, bit more out there and they tell a story in a different way all of these pieces tell a story of um our view of 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 ireland and our sense of place as well which i think anyone can appreciate um it's it's all about a, a sense of place and storytelling this this whole concert nice yeah um i know that sometimes that you can introduce a piece um, and then play it but then hearing everything that goes behind it just really helps everything fit together if that kind of makes sense <laughs> absolutely yeah like there's a there's a lot of of intricate things that you can't just explain over um over a quick two minute introduction yeah <laughs> um the whole history of ireland doesn't really fit into um to a, a pre-concert speech so, um but it's like I have played some of these pieces, um, not the, the newer ones, but I have played, say, the Ian Wilson piece that I'm going to play um, based on Newgrange that I played in Croatia. I have played that here um, or in the UK and also in, in, um, in some other countries. And even people that don't really know anything about Newgrange Monument, like I don't know if you know Newgrange Monument, probably... Um, not really, yeah, exactly. no. <laughs> It's not it's not a very famous thing, but it's um, it still evokes some sort of imagery for a lot of people, which is um, it's it's kind of um, you definitely need to give kudos to um, Ian for writing such a fantastic piece. But um, yeah, it's, even if you're not Irish, these these pieces can really really. Um, apply to your own life or, or um, memories that you have as well I found from playing them so that's really cool um, some of like the pieces that you play can be really really lengthy um, I, I wondered if you know how long the longest piece of music that you've played without pause is oh uh, <laughs> without pause um it's definitely none of the pieces we're doing in, in, in the industry. <laughs> You're like, I need to breathe. Uh, yeah. Um, there, yeah, there's been some, uh, oh, like it probably went an ensemble, maybe. Um, oh, it probably must be about an hour um, of just playing. It must be. That's insane. I, you just kind of, Yeah. I remember a lot of concerts being just exhausted. Mm -hmm. um, so they must have been around that. Um, like normally you would do a concert of two hours or something, but sometimes you can just be like standard, standard long pieces would be around, I don't know, half an hour. 
mm-hmm. uh, that you might play with a band or something. Um, I tend to not play too, uh, if I'm playing solo stuff, I tend to not play too long of a piece because I prefer breathing and feeling comfortable. <laughs> um, yeah, so it must be somewhere between half an hour and an hour. That's insane. That's just so crazy to me. <laughs> I'm like, I can just about breathe when I'm swimming, let alone <laughs> if I'm playing. <laughs> you get, you get some breaks anyway. You do. You definitely do get some breaks. I would hope so. I would <laughs> hope so. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Um, are there any musicians that you are that you haven't collaborated with that you would like to? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, <laughs> who I haven't. Um, Oh, there's there's hundreds. Um, I haven't collaborated with that many, so <laughs> <laughs> uh, and a lot of them. I've been very lucky with the people I've collaborated with and, and will be collaborating with in the future. But oh, there's a there's a clarinetist, um, Martin First uh, or Frost, and it's just I, every time I see him play, I'm just amazed by his technical ability, his musicality. And also just his energy on stage. It's just absolutely fantastic. Even yeah. if you even if you're not hugely into the clarinet, I'd hugely recommend just looking at him play. It's absolute, it's just a, it's an experience. Every time I see him play, it's 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 a real experience. Um who else? God, uh, that's a <laughs> I'm gonna be thinking about this all day. That's a great <laughs> question. Uh, Sorry, I feel like I put you on the spot now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think he's yeah I'll be um I, I think I'll leave it at him because I could think about this for a long time <laughs> um yeah that's that's a really good question <laughs> yeah I'll ask you a different question while you you know think about that mull that over for the rest of the day um, <laughs> who um who did you listen to growing up like who did your parents play around the house and have they been a direct influence or inspiration the type of music that you play now um so my parents kind of my mom has this ipod and it's one of the one of the old ipods does she still have it, it yeah absolutely oh, uh, it's and it's amazing it's just full of every type of music mm. but mostly like the stuff i listen to and uh, there's a funny story that when i would uh, when i was really young and i was crying um like when I was a baby my parents used to bring me out for a drive with my brother and sister in in the car and we would listen to Bohemian Rhapsody nice. by Queen yeah and that that would send me asleep apparently um <laughs> so that would that would calm me down um but other music that um my, my me and my dad are really into the Beatles mm-hmm. uh and I would still I'd still listen to the Beatles very very regularly um but yeah it was it was kind of all the music from 60s 70s 80s 90s it was kind of everything that we could listen to we did we didn't listen to a huge amount of classical music um which might surprise some people if i'm doing (laughs) if i am a classical player but um yeah a lot of kind of stevie wonder as well fantastic elton john neil diamond all of these <laughs> big names that's who we that's who i listen to um in terms of if they've influenced me now i can't say they're, they're directly <laughs> influenced my classical playing but they've definitely 
that's the music I listen to when I need to calm down and get away from, um, from like practice, practicing and, and playing is, is a very stressful thing. Mm. Um, so I suppose if you, you can say that it does influence me in that way because it, it kind of lets me relax. Um, I do play quite a lot of, um, I have played in big bands and, and jazz groups and things as well. So sometimes like Stevie Wonder, you can listen to it and, and make some sort of connections, but not, not a huge amount of my classical stuff. That's fair. <laughs> um, I, I didn't know what to expect when I asked the question. I was like, is he going to say a lot of classical musicians that I've just never heard of before um but yeah no out of, the, <laughs> out of the ones that you've mentioned um their musicality is amazing basically so it's more about the music for you I guess as opposed to the era or where it is that they've come from if that kind of makes sense yeah absolutely and I've listened to every I, I've tried every type of music listening to it and some things I will just listen to um and it really resonates with me like there, there's quite a lot of classical stuff that I obviously do listen to, but it's normally very minimalist um, stuff that goes on for hours and hours. That's just very, very um, subtle in, in its changes. Um, so the likes of Steve Reich and, and John Adams. Um, now I can get into the names that you, you might not know. <laughs> um, but um, so kind of that stuff I would listen to if you want to think about classical music. Um, but I think, as you say, it's a really interesting question. It's, it's, I, I um, started working for this company and I'm doing uh, social media and um, marketing for them. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I'm doing is asking professional musicians what they listen to. And the amount of people that just don't listen to, they don't say a classical piece is really interesting. So it kind of is kind of lines up with your um, your surprise there. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't necessarily a surprise, but it was just like I didn't know what to expect. I thought there might be some in there. Um, yeah. But no, that's really that's really cool. Nice. Um, I haven't watched Bohemian Rhapsody, the movie. That's what it's called, isn't it? The Queen movie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but one of my friends, we were talking about it and I was just like, yeah, I'm really rubbish. I haven't watched it yet. Um, but he was saying that in one of the scenes, because of the way that Queen would like layer their music, it was just insane. Like there were just like 24 layers before they even do like the melody and like the actual mm -hmm. singing bit of it all. And he said that in one of the scenes, they like had them in a hammock and it was just going back and forth. So it almost sounds like a synth. And I was like, that's insane. Like who comes up with this stuff, you know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And they were just absolute geniuses and, yeah. and the stuff that they did. And then it's the same way if you look at the Beatles, the way they recorded the instruments they used like they in in sergeant peppers the, in the album and i think in the the title track they used four french horns from the london symphony orchestra which was unheard of at that time mm -hmm. for a pop group um and then they had zitar in it as well and i suppose maybe i can like because all a lot of these pieces that i'm doing uh recently are all electronics and kind of they're kind of set up very similar to just when you were describing the different layers yeah this is this is what I'm playing the stuff is kind of kind of harks to that a little bit actually maybe I am influenced by <laughs> the Beatles and Queen a bit more than <laughs> than you thought you were <laughs> yeah absolutely well I'm glad to have been a part of getting you there <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> oh, well, thank you so, so much for joining me. Um, for the people that are listening, you can catch Robert and Tara in A Modern View of H Ancient Island on uh, the 17th of October. Uh, I think it's at 7 p.m. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and you can get your ticket on the Bloomsbury Festival website. Thank you. Right. <laughs> Thanks very much for having me. No worries.